Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, isekai story plots, historical figures, violence galore, unexpected controversial twists, and bizarre art. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 240, this isekai genre is starting to go too far. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and reviews about kinetically enhanced narratives. I'm your host Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up. Yes, we're back for another episode of this wonderful podcast, and if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. Every episode, I'll talk about one to two different geek properties. Could be a graphic novel, manga, could be an anime, could be a TV series, could be a movie, could be a video game, a board game, anything that really gets you involved connectly, either reading, moving, or whatever. And I tell you the pros and cons about it, how the art style is, how the characters are, how the plot is, is a great gameplay, and if it's worth investing your time in. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-host say, but we try to be as entertaining, informative, and impartial as possible, even though there are some times, like today, when impartiality does not work. Now, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email me at zan at That's X-A-N, not Z-A-N. I'm at Twitter, at Spirekin. On Tumblr, at Spirekin. I'm on Instagram, at Spirekin. Just look up Spirekin, you'll find me. We are on all these lovely other media sites like Player.fm, iTunes, Stitcher, and a bunch of other podcast catchers. If you want to do something really awesome for us, leave us a message, a comment, or up our rating on those sites so we can actually move up a little bit. I do appreciate it. Now, now that that housekeeping is out of the way, let's get to what you're here for, the review of the episode. And if you remember from the last time, I spun that one that only the Wheel of Manga, Nick Take Down to be that you're reviewing a manga that was written by a favorite mangaka of this podcast. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Kota Hirano, the creator of Helsing. Now, if you've never read Helsing or heard about it, well, one, you are depriving yourself of a really cool horror vampire series. You can actually check out our review of it all the way back from 2010 in episode 105. The link will be in the show notes. Just look up uh, episode 105, Does Alucard Dream of Electric Sheep, to hear our review of the manga, which is pretty badass and pretty trippy, to be honest with you. Helsing is one of those series that's a little dark, 
cryptic, violent, disturbing, sexy, and everything mixed up all together. The art style is questionable, but that is how Hirano rolls. And this new series is similar to that. It's at the same art style, just it seems like his art style has devolved even further. But this manga was written in 2009, still coming out. It is a Shonen Gahoshu or Dark Horse Comics released over here in the U.S. It is a Senen series. There are five volumes currently. There's an OVA, an anime series, and they're doing a second season. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about Drifters. Now, I could go over the basics of this story, which gets a little complicated. But long story short, this is another one of the Isekai stories, where someone gets reincarnated in a new world and magical things happen. However... They took this concept and they flipped it on its head. What do you mean, Zan? Well, one, the main character does remember who he is, like a lot of series does. Two, he does end up in another world where there are other people who have been reincarnated as well. And three, it's not like he changes his type and is like, oh, now you're a wizard, now you're a warrior. No. The whole concept of this is that several warriors from around history, when they died... They ended up in front of a guy in front of a desk who's reading a newspaper. And this guy sends him through a door and he wakes up in another world. And then this world that all of the people who've died end up in, there is a huge war. And these individuals are known as drifters. And the world they're in has native humans, fantastical beasts from elves, dwarves, hobbits, goblins, trolls, and other things. And also it is at war. There's a huge world war happening. The humans are losing really badly against these evil beings called the Ends. They want to take over this world. They want to kill all of the non-native humans, i.e. the Drifters. And they are just trying to destroy everything in their path. And this world that they're in, there's one continent. And right now the bad guys, the Ends, control the northern part of the continent. And they're trying to get southbound through this one specific fortress which is in this nation called Carnitas. Now meanwhile there's another group that is called the Octobrist organization who are trying to bring all the drifters together to save the world from the evil ends and then there's another empire called the Orte Empire who was started by a drifter and they are trying to just persecute all the demi-humans and take over everything possible and it's just very violent it's disturbing and it's really fast-paced it keeps you engaged while this violence is happening but the central premise does have a major flaw which kind of bothers me some people say oh you shouldn't worry about it it's just violent and just Focus on that fact that it puts the concept of reincarnation on its head where they still remember and there's a war between the reincarnated and the other reincarnated. But the big thing that I have not brought up yet is a little, well, let's just say it upsets me a little bit. Just a tad bit. But I do feel that the action does pace itself and that it keeps the readers moving quickly and it just keeps going until the transitions and you have those nice little transitions. Now, let me talk about the elephant in the room a little bit. Now, the whole, like I said, the whole thing is you have these historical figures who've been brought to this mysterious world. Now, you're probably wondering, what do I mean by historical figures? Well, the first major figure you have is Shimazu Toyahisa, who's the main character and also the leader of the Drifters. 
And he's a guy who died in 1600 during the Battle of Sekigahara, which is actually very pivotal because this was the last official battle before the Tokusatsu et started, which was the last shogunate of Japan. So this happened in 1600, and that's when he actually dies. So it's kind of important that this event occurs when he actually dies. Because he gets mortally wounded, he disappears into this magical world, then this perspective guy who calls himself Murasaki lets him through while reading a newspaper, and then he meets some of the other drifters, like Odu Nobunaga, which if you've read most manga, you've heard the name Odu Nobunaga. He's the guy that is a famous warlord who conquered most of Japan during the Sengoku period, and he's a daimyo who took the first steps of unifying all Japan, the first military Japanese commander, used Argabuses, and he is pretty badass. He is the guy who is the group strategist. The other major character you meet is Nasu no Yoichi, or Nasu Seketa Yoichi. This guy was a military commander, so he kind of worked under Minamoto no Yushisune during the Genpai Wars, and he's actually written in The Tale of the Henki, which is a very cool book. If you ever have a chance, read it. It's a nice, interesting historical account, but they draw him very differently. He's actually very effeminate. At first I thought he was a woman, but then that's just how they wanted to make him. And that's how this rolls. You have a lot of other characters, including Hannibal, the guy who run the elephants, who was riding the elephants. And Hannibal is uh, this famous Carthaginian military commander who's just this old member of the Drifters, and he's another military advisor. You have uh, the, his arch nemesis, who's actually now a good guy, Sipico Africanus, who is a Roman who's trying to fight Hannibal. And then you have Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yes, I know. Random. The other thing you may notice is a lot of these people were considered antagonistic in history. Like, oh, Nobunaga, some people say he's really good. Some people say he was a horrific person. And the Drifters are all these people who seem to be, well, they were not the heroes of the wars, per se. Or maybe they were, depending on how you see it. I said also that there is the Orte Empire. Well, the Orte Empire, which was this, you know, this super xenophobic and persecuted demi-human races, was started by a drifter who, well, let's just be honest. It's someone who's not very nice, and I don't want to say his name, but just, if you think of World War II and think of bad guy, yeah, he started this evil empire, or this bad empire, and he's assisted by his, well... This guy who actually existed in 1700s, the Count de Saint-Germain, who was someone who messed with Voltaire back in the day. So it's you have these villains in this group, but here is the thing which, the elephant in the room really, the ends. These are the opposing force in this unusual world, and they're the main antagonists of this series. Now, these are drifters like the drifters. They're people from our history who've been taken to this world and they've died under unorthodox and violent circumstances just like the drifters however the big difference is that all of the ends were once people who were good and revered people who are known for their peaceful mentalities and their work towards humanity and in this 
book, they've taken these people and they have turned their back on the humanity in this world. They have this intense hatred for these characters because they were betrayed in the past. They're people who all were betrayed, and their quote unquote their summoner, unlike the guy Murasaki, is called Easy, and she's this very bespectacled young woman who's short tempered, and she uses a computer, so she's more technically savvy than Murasaki, and she t- controls the battle and watches over it, and she associates with darkness. Well, Murasaki's good, so all these people are supposed to be evil. And you're probably wondering, what do I mean by evil? Who is this in this group? Well, the big one is you have Anastasia Nikolaevna Romanova, the youngest daughter of the last czar of Russia, the guy who Anastasia was from. They make her a bad guy. Also, her frenemy in this is Joan of Arc, Jean d'Arc, the person who won the Hundred Year War and is considered one of the biggest Christianity icons for heroism they've made her evil they also gave her the power to control fire you have people who are like you have the vice commander of the shinsengumi hijikata toshizo you had akechi hitsuhide who was someone who worked under nobunaga you have all these people who were actually considered good people now they're evil and the person who makes me the most upset or just i feel like this is snubbing is the leader of the ends. The leader of the ends, you never are revealed to his identity or his face, but it's kind of blatantly obvious who he is. He's known as the Black King, so he wears a, ro- a dark robe, so you don't see his face ever. But he's someone he tried to s- who believes that he once tried to save humanity, but now he's decided that humanity denied his efforts and he's going to get revenge. And his thing is that all you really know about him is, one, he has the ability to heal anything, and he can manipulate any life form he wishes, and he can infinitely produce food, bread, whatever, and he has two puncture scars on his palms. Now, on the one hand, they never specifically say this individual is the person that I am thinking of. However, it's kind of blatantly obvious that they did this. And on in one point of view... You have to think that a culture that is based on Shintoism and uh, Taoism would make another religion's pivotal character a villain. And that I could kind of understand. However, I've got to say that this was a little insulting you know uh, a group that's persecuted forever and we're gonna make it i just you know what i am just going to leave it there because i don't want to start a fight let's just say that the whole concept of the black king and the ends in general kind of offends me it may not offend you don't get me wrong you may be like oh it's just a manga don't worry about it but i'm personally offended by it and that does drop down this manga severely it doesn't completely caused me to give it to a take it to a priest purify it and burn it it's not that bad even though it should be taken to a priest either way but this manga maybe it's offensive just to be offensive i don't know but it does jump the shark with the whole narrative pillars of the isekai genre it just kind of it jumps the shark it just knocks it over says we're doing our own thing fuck you we're gonna mess with history which 
it's kind of cool to learn about some of the characters and the first part is really cool to learn about these characters and hearing their stories their point of view and that was really cool then once he ends i introduce him like yeah this is garbage so what would i give this manga oh before i forget the art style i, I mentioned it earlier that it seems like hirano's art style went backwards yeah it kind of went crazy when you are wishing you're reading attack on titan that's bad i mean it's really detailed unlike attack on titan it's not like sketches it's actually really detailed it just looks really awkward and he seems to really love outlining everything in black the hair the buttons the every single crease it's like i'm gonna go through an entire fucking pen well actually no this is computer generated so he uses just the black tool but he used way too much shading way too much so despite my reservations despite my my opinion on some of the aspects of this manga the story itself is unique to a point it does take that concept of the isekai the reincarnation manga and does turn it on its head in a unique and different way and the fact that they're making a second season of the anime shows how popular it is because it is a popular series however personally i have to give this and I, i'm trying not to be i'm trying to be impartial but i can't not with this because of that same it does drop it down severely the art style drops it down and the, this whole thing drops down. Don't worry, it's not completely terrible. I'm going to have to give this manga your typical reading material at your local psychiatric institute or mental institution because this is batshit crazy. It is super violent. And I love violence, but this is, even for me, I'm like, this is fucked up. This goes beyond crazy, beyond what the hell. And it is a page turner, but it's looking at a car accident page turn like oh my god i want to see what happens next but i don't want to look at what happens next and even if you ignore the antagonist leader of the ends it's just i don't know i just the i couldn't wrap my head around the concept of these good guys being bad guys and it just it seems like a disservice it really does seem like a disservice and also it gets weird because you have a bunch of quote-unquote good guys among the ends and you have anastasia romanoff but then you have her arch nemesis as her partner which makes no fucking sense because you have rasputin as a part of them rasputin despised anastasia so why the hell is he helping her i, I just i it's like, why? You're going to be like, okay, you're trying to make it that these are good guys. But then you throw one of the most horrific beings from Russian history as a good guy. Why? Make up your mind. If you're going to commit with this, commit with this. Go all good people. Don't be like, I'm going to use some good people, but then I'm going to throw this guy in because he's an asshole. No. I'm getting very vocal about this. I think that there are issues with this manga. I do think there are issues. However, there are some positives to it i do like like I'm, I'm beating around the bush with this a little bit too much aren't i yeah so long story short uh, typical reading material at your local facility or psychiatric institute i know this has been nominated for the manga taisho award from 2011 and 2012 and that people really do enjoy it, but me personally meh it's okay not great and uh yeah i think i need to wash my mouth from this i really do 
So, anyway, Mary, check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparkin.com. You can email me at zansparkin.com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, all the lovely social media sites. And if you disagree with me, if you do disagree with my statements about this manga, email me, zansparkin.com. Tell me what I am missing. Am I being too just serious about this? What is it? Let me know. Okay? Anyway, so let's get to the part we've all been waiting for, and that'll hopefully clear my throat with something interesting and good. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only, the I gotta stop doing that. This is gonna kill my throat doing this Wheel of Manga every single time. I digress though. Uh, for those of you who join us for the first time, the Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. We're gonna spin that one, that only the Wheel of Manga. And whenever number it lands on this, we're reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 241. And ironically, it is six days until the evil holiday when the fat man breaks into your house and leaves stuff. Six days till the fat man breaks into the house, because breaking and entering is okay. As long as you leave gifts behind. So you're breaking it and leaving stuff. And eating cookies. But what if you don't have cookies? What if you have, you're lactose intolerant? That has nothing to do with cookies. Yes, it does. But anyway, I digress. We digress. So let's spin this and see what we're going to review next up. So we got some fun ones this week, I think. Number five. Number five. Oh, so we're going to be talking about art thieves in the next episode. We're talking about the ladies of Cat's Eye. I've talked about them in my thieves panel. I've watched the anime and the live action. I never read the manga before, but it's actually pretty ballsy for thieves who have a colon card that says Cat's Eye to open up a, sh- a shop that's called Cat's Eye in front of the police that are trying to arrest them. I don't know. Anyway, so we have exactly six days left, and then things are going to happen, but We'll let you guys know. Talk to you guys next time. We are out of here. Say bye. Bye. Let's go.